This is Brian Oaks, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Erskine, Minnesota. We are pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Thursday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan. We'll also hear reports from Don Wick and Sierra Doctor. Well, on a vote of 87 to 11, the Senate approved the short-term continuing resolution passed by the House late Wednesday. The measure keeps the government funded through the end of September, averting a government shutdown at the end of the week. James Callan Associates Principal Jim Callan says the CR does include an extension of the Farm Bill. The Farm Bill, the current Farm Bill 2018, would be extended through this fiscal year, and that ends September 30 of 2024. That bill now goes to the president for his signature. Changes in tariffs could save farmers money on fertilizer for the upcoming year. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more. The U.S. Department of Commerce made a recent decision to significantly lower duties placed on phosphate fertilizers imported from Morocco. National Corn Growers Association Director of Public Policy for Trade and Biotechnology, Nancy Martinez, says the tariffs reduced import rates from 19.99% to 2.12%. So a couple of years ago, there was a domestic company that alleged subsidies were happening with some um, imports of phosphate. One of the countries that issue was Morocco. Um, so at the time, Commerce put a pretty hefty duty on those Moroccan imports um, at 19.97%. Um, NCGA has been very vocal um, with expressing the concerns of farmers about this high rate and what it's been doing to fertilizer prices across the country. Um, and recently, we've had some action and activity in the Commerce Department. Commerce was directed to um, review those duty rates, and as part of the process, they actually um, reduce them as a result of this administrative review <clears throat> from 19.97% down to 2.12%. Martinez hopes this change will provide savings to farmers while giving them better access to scarce inputs. Sure, and that's what, you know, the primary reason why NCGA has been very vocal about this. Um, so fertilizer is 30 to 40% of input costs for farmers. So that's a substantial chunk um, of what they have to factor in with those inputs. Um, specifically for phosphate, phosphate prices have increased over 230% when we look at the period of 2020 to 2022. Um, so those price increases um, are obviously not sustainable, and we know that when there are additional duties placed on imports, that does not help prices. Reporting agriculture's business. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. USDA releasing its November cattle on feed report on Friday after the markets close, reflecting the number of cattle in the U.S. inventory as of November 1st. Midwest Market Solutions President Brian Hoops says last month's bearish surprise may cause traders to move to the sidelines ahead of that report. Yeah, you know, last last month was a real bearish surprise where we dropped futures about eight dollars, and uh, we may see, um, you know, the markets. I don't think are expecting that type of a move again, but uh, at least uh, we'll, we'll probably be positioned for a little bit of a negative uh, report this time. Once again, estimates are for uh, placements to be six percent above year ago levels but last year that was one of the smallest placements in, in history in october um so you know it's five-year average would be uh 
would be substantially higher than even than the 6% of uh, improvement over last year's numbers. Oklahoma State University Extension Livestock Marketing Specialist Darrell Peel says there's increased placements in feedlots due to market demand. Well, I think there's several things going on. Uh, you know, probably drought still playing a part of it. So probably some cattle were moving a little bit earlier than expected. And that may be a timing issue where they just won't be there later, but they came in earlier. But I think part of it is just the fact that markets have been so strong, we're up so much on a year-over-year basis. Producers are taking advantage of that, particularly if they're not quite convinced this is going to continue. Uh, they're really wanting to take advantage of the market, so they went ahead and, and uh, sold uh, feeder cattle uh, earlier than usual, perhaps. And Peel was surprised to see the number of heifers on feed report. So we've been anxious to see this uh, heifer on feed number in particular. Um, at some point, we expect to see that come down. We've been watching for at least a year. Uh, but it didn't. Uh, in fact, heifers on feed in the October report were up from not only from July, but up slightly on a year-over-year basis. And so that makes heifers on feed 40% uh, of the total feedlot inventory right now. That's You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Thursday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network, the American Farm Bureau Federation's annual Thanksgiving dinner cost survey showing the cost of the Thanksgiving dinner for 10 people down slightly from last year's record high, $64.05. That's down to $61.17. And while that price reflects a 4.5% drop in the cost of the meal, it's still 25% higher than it was back in 2019, highlighting the impact that high supply costs and inflation have had on food prices since before the pandemic. Farm Bureau says the 4.5% drop in cost is predominantly driven by lower turkey costs. Well, following a commodity market panel session at the National Association of Farm Broadcasting's annual convention, Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzalo and U.S. Commodities President Don Rose spoke with Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Don Wick. Guys, you both spoke at uh, our session today. Uh, I, I'm curious, uh, as you take a look at this market, you talked a little bit about funds and the fundamentals. Kind of talk to our listeners on, on how they should pay attention to that today. You know, for me, Don, the funds versus the fundamentals, oftentimes we can kind of pair those out and peel back the onion and see that they're one and the same. Um, cattle market, kind of a similar uh, thing we talked about in today's session, uh, is the idea that, yes, we're going down in herd size, but cattle cycles typically run ahead in price of the production side of the equation. And we got to remember the imports and exports tend to come in if they're out there. And Australia and Brazil, I think, are both kind of licking their chops to bring in beef into the United States. Um, fundamentals uh, from the world perspective for the grains, I think, really have a lot to do with the currencies. And so we don't have to make it too complex. What are you seeing, Don? Yeah, I think when you look at it, you know, when you look at the grain market specifically, um, trying to look in, uh, in advance what can really happen. And I think um, at the present time, you have the funds just huge shorts in the corn, we'll say 700 million, a huge negative short position in the wheat, 500 million. Um, and I think for a producer, you know, your question was how do you match up the fund activity with the uh, fundamentals, and I think, you know, this is a good example. Uh, the funds being this short, if things change in South America to where the corn market looks like it's threatened, it's soybeans right now, you could get an explosive situation in the corn that could help the wheat market. So I think, uh, you know, watch them both very close. 
And we'll hear more from Don Wick and Whitney Pittman from the 80th National Association of Farm Broadcasting Convention in Kansas City. Grain markets continue to face some headwinds as corn and soybeans bump against overhead resistance levels. Walsh trading analyst John Weir says the grains are searching for direction. I think we're fishing for a headline, as we say, and uh, you know we're a week out from a report, so we haven't had anything new uh, come across other than the weather uh, turning out of South America. Uh, so anything big that hits us is probably going to swing the market either way. And Weir says Wednesday, yesterday, was a give-back day with the grain starting higher and then reversing. Being showing strength early on and then giving some back, corn and wheat both uh, barely negative, barely positive through points of the day. Uh, kind of a quiet day uh, midweek. Uh, I think the beans have been the story here lately. But we've got uh, the corn uh, itself closing below uh, almost all its moving averages. Uh, same could be said for wheat. And when we come look at the beans, they've been the story uh, with the weather concerns and supply issues coming out of South America. They've become the driver here along with the meal. Spiritwood Soy Crush Plant, uh, Green Bison Energy up and running. Marathon Petroleum Vice President of Portfolio Optimization, Reed Smith, it says offering farmers an outlet to market their commodity is important to supporting farming communities. Well, growing up on a farm, my grandfather had a farm and multiple generations in Ohio. The benefit is, is having a market to take your product to. And instead of having lower prices, when you have higher demand, usually the prices go up. So the farming community should see a benefit from that because now they have a place to move their product to. And it will be a pull through from their, from their farm into this sector. So hopefully they'll see an economic benefit from it. One, they'll have more demand, and they'll get better prices, I would hope, as a result of that as well. Smith expects to see a boost in the local communities with the construction and functioning of the Green Bison Soy Processing Plant. According to uh, Reuters' report, America's beef exports are projected to drop 14% from 2022 to 3 billion pounds. It would be the lowest level since uh, COVID slowed the trade in 2020. USDA expects American beef production to decline further in 2024 due to tight cattle supplies and beef exports are forecast to hit an eight-year low of 2.8 billion pounds. This is the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. South Dakota Farm Bureau Federation holding their annual meeting Friday and Saturday in Sioux Falls. Senior Regional Manager Lowell Messman says policy development has drawn great interest. We've got some resolutions in there, everything from, from changing a few brand laws in South Dakota. Uh, I think there'll be some things dealing with uh, some of these carbon pipelines, uh, different things like that. So uh, we expect a pretty good discussion in that four-hour session of our delegate session. So, um, you know, like I say, we last year we had a record number of delegates, and we expect the same thing again this year. So... People are very interested in that policy end of, of, of Farm Bureau, um, very similar to they have been, you know, for many, many years. But it seems to have a little bit of a resurgence in South Dakota. The past couple of years, we've had a record number of delegates, and we expect the same again this year. Saturday morning will feature a water panel with panelists from the rural water systems in South Dakota and the city of Sioux Falls. Saturday will conclude with a banquet and featured speaker. Just talking about all things water, it's, it's a precious commodity and gets to be more precious every year. People start fighting about it and talking about it and building pipelines and everything else. And to cap off our convention this year, Ty 
Eschenbaum is going to be our keynote speaker at the end at our banquet. And Ty is a fantastic young man, a cancer survivor. He also does A1 Development Solutions, dealing with farm and ranch projects. They, they help coordinate those and, and put those uh, into play. And, and he also has a, a, a foundation uh, for youth cancer survivors. So uh, looking forward to a really good message from Ty just, just, to, end, just to end our convention. Checking markets before we leave you this morning. We're seeing pressure across the grains. We're two and a half lower in Minneapolis. December wheat, 732 and three quarters. Chicago, December wheat's down seven and three quarter at 552 and three quarters. Kansas City, December wheat down three and a quarter, 636 and a half. December corn down two and a half at 468 and a quarter. March is down two and a half. January soybeans are down 11 cents at 1374. March down 11 and a half. And in Winnipeg, January canola. Trading dollar seventy a metric ton lower seven seventeen eighty Canadian. On the farm calendar, a busy weekend coming up. Annual meetings coming up. Minnesota Farm Bureau Federations hosting its annual meeting, November sixteenth through the eighteenth. That begins uh, tomorrow and runs out through Saturday. That'll be at the Double Tree in Bloomington, Minnesota. Minnesota Farmers Union hosting their annual meeting November 17th through the 19th, which is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That'll be at the Delta Hotels by Marriott in Minneapolis. The uh, NDFB annual meeting uh, coming up uh, November 17th and 18th, Friday, Saturday. That'll be in Fargo at the Holiday Inn on that one. And again, we just heard South Dakota Farm Bureau's annual convention, uh, November 17th and 18th. That'll be in Sioux Falls. And IBAND also have their annual convention in Bismarck this weekend. Thanks for joining us. This is the Red River Farm Network.